0: Oh my god, what's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at The Handle on Twitter or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. This week's episode is Clue of the Dancing Puppet, which is also maybe medical grade ketamine was involved. Who the fuck knows? Um we're still in the mystery stories. This is nineteen sixty two, so that's fun. Um we're We're just enjoying luxuriating in the 60s at this point. Um, This book is just bonkers. Although, I will say that the house that Nancy goes to has an attic, and I was like, okay, for all of you familiar with the way Nancy Drew books work, if there's an attic, you need to just sit your ass in the attic. Some shit's gonna go down. You are probably going to get attacked. As you may remember from the clue in the old attic, that's where Nancy's ass almost got defeated by a tarantula, and Ned had to come in and smash that ass and come in and pick her up and gently bridle-carry her downstairs so that she was blushing to the roots of her hair. And you're like, yeah, exactly. I do remember that because it fueled me. It was, it was wonderful. They are my kryptonite. So this week, um, we begin with Nancy being called to her father's office and being like, hey, so what's up to the secretary who I think that the secretary's name changes every fucking book, which is fine. I mean, maybe Carson blows through the secretary's, hopefully not literally, Hopefully, figuratively. Maybe they just use him as a stepping stone to go to a higher powered attorney's office. We don't fucking know. But anyway, so Miss Johnson is like, Yes, he's in with a client and he'll be, he will talk to you soon. And Nancy's like, That's chill. I got, you know, I got some stuff going on. Um, Nancy is at the beginning of the book talking about the Footlighters, which are always capitalized. And they are the local like amateur play group, um, which of course Bess is involved in. I think this may be one of the first times like, Bess is often associated with like performing arts etc but in this book like Bess is like I want to be an actress and I want to like get meaty starring roles as an actress but this book also does the fun reverse Mary Sue or retcon Mary Sue where Nancy's like the best at this like there was a show I loved called Chuck which BT dubs if you have not seen it enjoy but stop yourself before the last part anyway So that last season, just maybe don't do it anyway. The main character gets the intersect, which, if he needs to know something, like, it automatically tells him, like, if he needs to know kung fu, that bitch is gonna teach him kung fu. Nancy has, like, the retcon version of that, which is, like, if she needs to be able to act, she has always been able to act. It's wonderful. So, it's it's as though she wakes up afresh at the beginning of every book and is like, I am a blank slate full of random skills that I'm gonna need for this fucking case. So... Anyway, um, Bess is working with the Footlighters. Nancy has no interest in it because it might interfere with her mysteries. And I was like, she's got priorities, and they involve nothing other than mysteries. So, enjoy. Bess is in that. George is, of course, involved in some sort of tennis tournament. And I'm like, I feel like George is one of those people that the books are like, if we don't keep her busy, she's going to take hostages. So, we just need to keep an eye on that. Maybe she's going to just buy a chainsaw and just see what she can do with it. Maybe butter sculptures. We have no idea how it's going to play out. So... So, they're involved in that. Um, of course, Bess is like, oh, you should you should get a thing out here because Nancy, again, has always been good at acting. And you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, though. Like, she likes to go undercover. She likes to play roles. She likes to pretend that she's other people. So, it makes sense. It makes sense that she would be an enthusiast. Um, but, of course, Nancy's like, nah, fam. I mean, I got other shit. It's fine. It's fine. So... Um, she's at her father's office and he's like, I I need you to meet with somebody. So she walks in and I'm going to call him George Harrison. Hamilton. George Hamilton. Yes. The one who is deeply tanned and is always grinning. Yes. Imagine him. He is who I have cast in this role. I think that the character's name is Spencer, but I give zero fucks. So George Hamilton is sitting there and Nancy's like, well, hello. And he's like, hey, so I've got a thing that is a little weird and I just came by to ask your father's advice on it. And Carson's like, go ahead and tell her. And he's like, bitch. Like, very much looking at him like, this, I'm embarrassed. How dare you? As though it's going to involve some sort of fraternity hazing. So he looks at Nancy and he's like, so, um, as you may know, um, me and my wife and some other people live some sort of commune, maybe like a Scientology offshoot. Uh, We live in a and ar- a large estate near River Heights, the Van Pelt Mansion. You may have heard of it. Nancy's like, sure, we've all heard of the Van Pelt Mansion. Sure, uh, the Vaughn Traps. it's fine. And um, they left their home to a theater group or the arts or some shit. Anyway, so they have George Harrison and his wife, Margot, who I've cast as Blanche Devereaux, but she's supposed to be 40, so it's even more hilarious. Anyway, Ray McClanahan's like, I love you. Um, so, George Harrison, Hamilton, I'm gonna fuck up his name. Just imagine him. George Hamilton and Blanche Devereaux are out there at the house, um, directing plays. They're the Footlighters. That's where they perform. And Nancy's like, huh, I've got an in already. He says that, you know, they're putting on plays and such. And he has seen, I think at least three times, a dancing puppet. And you're like, sure, puppets can do that. First off, the puppet is life-sized. Second, there appears to be no puppeteer. Nancy's like, so a person. And he's like, no, I know how people move and how they act. And it's a fucking puppet. And Nancy's like, Nancy does not say what I would have, which is, have you been indulging in some medical grade ketamine? Like, have, you know, you're an actor. Have you been maybe some light LSD, maybe some, you know, casual, casual use. And so she's like, sure, sure. Fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so he arranges for her and George to come out and stay at the Van Pelt Mansion, um, which is where all this is taking place. He has seen the puppet, like, on the lawn, and I think he saw the puppet, like, near or on the barn that they use for performances. So he's got no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, the puppet is dressed as a ballet dancer, but it's not a ballet dancer. I I also love that Nancy immediately is like, I'm going to accept everything you're saying at face value, which to be fair, she should be, but also, like, yeah, yeah, and she clearly doesn't think there's anything supernatural attached to it, but it also is a life-sized puppet appearing to move on its own, and she's like, yeah, let's do it, fuck it, I got nothing else going on, so she goes out there, um, I can't remember. Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay. So Carson is like, Nancy, go home. Tell Hannah that I'm going to be famished at dinner and go ahead and get that handled. And so Nancy goes home. She's invited her friends over to tell them about this plan. And she's like, Hannah, let's cook the roast that's in the fridge. I looked at this and I was like, okay, bitch. It's, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. You have a roast to cook. You have a roast. You, you're gonna need, you're gonna need a time machine." Um, maybe a pressure cooker. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to handle this, but it's not going to be eat a, anything where they're edible in time for dinner. But anyway, also because they're inviting Bess over and because we can't go a fucking book without discussing a fucking eating disorder. Uh, Bess is like, I'm trying to reduce for the play so that they will cast me. And everyone's like, sure. Instead of being like, well, fuck them, which is what they should be saying. So Nancy's like, Oh, I was going to say strawberry shortcake with all the trimmings, but uh, we best is we want to be nice to Bess, so we're going to have something with a thin custard sauce. And I was like, sure. Um, what, well, you know, just to just to drill in that everything's horrible. Maybe just give the her some strawberries. I don't know. Anyway, so they make dinner, they're talking about everything. Um Bess calls the the footlighters. Okay, this is maybe this is like reasonable and normal. But anyway, the footlighters have like a board of directors or like a, a group, like a secretary and a treasurer and all this shit. So Bess is like, oh yeah, they're having a meeting and you have to actually like apply to be accepted to the footlighters. So she has, uh, Nancy and George fill out their slips and takes them over to the place and blah, blah. So Bess calls them that night to see what's going on. And she comes back in and Nancy's like, you you look sad. And Bess is like, yeah, I mean, they, they said he could do it. And Nancy's like, then then why the sad face? And Bess is like, because it wasn't unanimous. Like, this one bitch voted against you. And Nancy's like, uh, pourquoi? And the bitch in question is named Tammy. I'm going to cast Megan Fox in that role. So, it's Megan Fox. But it's like, you know, fictional Megan Fox. Not real Megan Fox. Anyway. So, Megan Fox throws a fucking tantrum at any point. At any point. It's like... She's doing some drugs that may be fucking with her, so she's like, mm, "I no, I I don't like him. I don't like him." And Bess is like, "Why wouldn't you haven't even met the bitches?" And Megan Fox is like, "I don't fucking care. Fuck it." Anyway, Megan Fox is visiting from California, of course, um, like the character actually is. And so she's she was cast in a role. She does great, actually. She she's like a really good actress, but she is a complete bitch as soon as the curtains go down. So. So, there's that. Um, so, yeah, she voted against them, and Bess doesn't know why, and she doesn't like it, and Tammy, uh, slash Megan Fox is always, like, the center of attention, like, makes herself the center of attention, is a bitch for no reason, et cetera, so Bess is like, I'm not looking forward to this shit, so Nancy's like, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine, we'll just leave her the fuck alone, it'll be fine. So, the next day, they go out to the Van Pelt Mansion, um which, I don't know, will be played by any of your mansions. Any mansion that you picture in your head is probably going to be f- sufficient for this. It has three stories. It's got the main floor, which has got the kitchen on it. It's got the second floor, which has the bedrooms on it. And then the third floor has an attic. And you're like, ah, oh, park your asses in the attic. Just wait for shit to play out around you. Don't waste time. Um, so, of course... Um, Nancy's like, nobody has located the puppet. It appears that the puppet is, or a clue to the puppet, maybe on the premises. So, the first thing she asked to do is go up and search the attic. And, of course, um, George Hamilton and Blanche Devereaux are like, girl, go to town! The third person who is living there at the mansion who is not one of the girls or George Hamilton slash Blanche Devereaux is, his name is, like, Trevor Calhoun or some shit, so who shall we cast? Okay, he is a graying, middle-aged, Shakespearean actor who, like, is a bit over the top at all times, and so I was like, mm, I'm not gonna do Derek Jacoby. He's got, he's got a gravitas. I would say maybe Michael Sheen. Like, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Let's say Michael Sheen. Like, he's, he is affable. He's adorable. He's British. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know if the character's actually British, but he does Shakespeare all the time, so we're gonna go with it. Um, but, like, he's, kind of floaty, very artsy. Like, Nancy likes him. He's, he, she's like, hey, he seems like good people. Like, and I, I've got nothing against him. He, because he quotes Shakespeare all the fucking time, they're like, this could get a bit tiresome. They refer to him as Callie old boy, which I'm like, old sport. We're just gonna go with old sport from Great Gatsby, because that's easy. Anyway, so they're there, um, Michael Sheen has no car. Like, he cannot leave the premises without an adult supervisor. So, that's fun. Um, But anyway, so they're given free reign. They're allowed to go up and search the place. Nancy goes up in the attic, and Bess and George are not with her. And we are left with Bess and George at this point, who suddenly hear a thumping sound from the attic and are like, what the fuck was that? So, they go upstairs and find Nancy's ass just sprawled out on the floor past the fuck out. So, they run up in there, and they're like, Nancy, what the fuck? Okay. An American girl tray, like steamer trunk, is nearby with a fucking cannonball in it. A fucking cannonball. We are not given it. It is apparently a small to medium cannonball. I was like, any size cannonball feels a bit like a murder weapon. Just gonna say it. It is if you believe in yourself. So she's like sprawled out and she's like, what the fuck? And they're like, girl, girl, what? 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 Hey. Nancy's located under a beam so it looks like maybe she was trying to move the doll case and so it fell down on her and there was only a bolt like a fucking cannonball inside and they're like I have several questions and none of them are being answered by anything that's happening here. Um, They take her downstairs call a doctor get the daughter to come out and he's like you need to take it easy for like the rest of the day and apparently it only dealt her a glancing blow or else her skull would have been fucking crushed and so she's like oh okay so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna just chill going will just chill. It's fine. Um, so yeah, she goes to bed. She wakes up the next day and has um, respawned. So she's fine. Like <laughs> there is never any. I'm like, you're clearly concussed, and bitch is like, I walked it off. So, and again, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. Nancy is not practicing safe concussion care. Like sh- never, never in her life has she ever. It's been like, I don't know. I'm just gonna have a bunch of cocaine and see what happens. I'm gonna see how it plays out. So. Um, she wakes up at, like, 10 o'clock that night, and she's like, I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling much better. Um, they go over to the barn, um, which, again, there was a large barn on the property. Like, it's, it's like 40 fucking acres or some shit. It's down a wooded path. It's nice. It's, it's very elven. Um, so there's a big barn, which is where they put on the performances, and then a little barn, like, right next to it that they still use as a barn. I think there may be animals in it. I don't give a fuck. So, but there's hay. That'll be significant. They go up in the hayloft because when they search the theater, like, there doesn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary. Um, But then they go up in the hayloft of the tiny barn and they're kicking shit around and they find a box with two cannonballs in it. (laughs) And they're like, what? Why are the? Why are there fucking cannonballs? What the fuck? Fuck! like they're they're trying to date this back to like civil war or some shit okay he establishes george hamilton establishes at the beginning of the book that this that the estate was is like about 50 years old um around, like early 1900s and i was like okay so oh, okay what like I'm, I'm thinking like Art Deco and they're like, no fam, like, like we're gonna, we're gonna throw some Civil War shit in here. It really does feel like the Nancy Drew books want to completely ignore World War One and World War Two, but they are gonna lean in real hard on Civil War. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if Harris Stratemeyer Adams was like fascinated or what the fuck, but anyway, so they find two cannonballs in a box that clearly could hold three. I was like, sure, it's, it's got some nice velvet because they're souvenir cannonballs that one might want to lob at Someone for reasons. Sure. Um, so Nancy's like, okay, let's compare the cannonballs to see if it was one of the set that fell on me yesterday. And I was like, sure. I let's do some light ballistics. Let's dust it for prints. Um, so they go up in the attic to find the cannonball and it's gone. Um, no, no sign of the cannonball. I was like, okay, like we know, we know a few things now. Clearly, Someone has access to the house. Someone has attacked you. Someone has moved the evidence of their attack of you. Like they also have hidden cannonballs in some hay in the haymo in the other barn. Like there, there's a lot of signs that point to get the fuck out of here. And Bess is like, we should get the fuck out of here. And they're like, no. I mean, it's just a cannonball. It's just that I almost got killed. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, they they don't find anything else up there, but they do find that. And so, Nancy's like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so, I think it's that night. Like, the moon is very romantic. Things are looking nice. And Nancy's like, I've got a feeling, I've got a hunch that that puppet is going to make a cameo. I have a feeling. It's, it's perfect. There's fireflies. If only Ned were here. Like, Ned is actually mentioned early on in this book, which I love. Um, Ned is apparently at a summer camp for boys. Side note. I have decided that... Ned is actually a Secret Service agent. That Ned was probably recruited like around book 10 uh, into the Secret Service. And when he was like, I'm thinking about becoming, he was just floating the idea with Nancy to see if she was cool with it because he already is one. Um, That explains how he keeps being absent from Emerson for long stretches with no repercussions. Um, he is always showing up to help her out for completely illogical reasons. I think that probably Bert and Dave are, like, his handlers or people that he just, like, his entourage. Uh, Maybe they're support staff. Maybe they just do, like, like, computer work or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, Nancy's like, yes, he's at a summer camp, and I was like, Girl, that's his code word for like he's he's training with with krab maga like that's what he's doing right now it's just some like krab maga, so anyway but he's he's away at summer camp and for rich people where they do tennis and krab maga um anyway so there is that so Nancy goes out and she's like she actually uh, talks to George Hamilton who is like yes, I have a feeling as well. Let's, let's go watch together. There is never any sort of weirdness between the two of them. I just want to point that out. It's just like, oh, he's, he's just the guy. He's just a lot of tanned grinning. So it's fine. So they go out and watch and they do see the puppet. They see it. And I think that it, um, there's one point, there's one place where it like is in a field. And I think that that's a different part of the book. And I think in this one, um, they see the puppet and it goes toward the barn. Like, toward the barn where they do performances in. So, Nancy and George Hamilton run toward it. And, like, he, the puppet's gone. They can't find it. Um, Any The entrances all appear to be bolted from the inside. And they can't find the puppet anywhere in the theater. And so, Nancy's like, okay. Clearly, there's a secret entrance. Like, we just haven't found it yet. And, of course, George Hamilton is like, but... And Nancy's like, logic. Shh. Shh. So... Um, okay, let's, let's go to Tammy. I think it's the first night, and I think that this is, like, around the same time because Nancy's still feeling kind of lightheaded over after everything. This may be, like, the night she wakes up at, like, 10 o'clock. She sends, uh, Bess and George out to do other tasks to, like, follow people around just to see if they spot anything weird, and she is looking in the theater, and she watches a performance. The Footlighters are putting on some sort of Civil War play, and you're like, of course they fucking are, and Tammy slash Megan Fox is playing the lead role. She's got long, luxurious, glossy hair. She is playing with, and I think that his name is like Bob Simpson. We're going to call him Ryan Gosling. That feels appropriate. It feels like a good match. Um, so Ryan Gosling is up on stage and Megan Fox is clearly smitten with Ryan Gosling. She's like, Oh my god and they're romantic they're a romantic partner within the show, so it makes some sense. But she is overplaying like a motherfucker. Like she is like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see and all this shit. And Nancy's like, Oh my gosh, she is over she's maybe maybe this is what they wanted, but it does not feel it does not feel correct. It does not feel like a thing that they should be doing. Um, but Nancy's like, I could, I could do this. The hilarious thing is like before anything ever comes of it, Nancy's like, I think I could do this. And also Tammy slash Megan Fox is a bitch. So it makes some sense for me to be available in case some shit happens to her. Cause she feels kind of villainy. She just feels like she's kind of villainy. So, um, Okay. Tammy slash Megan Fox is indeed smitten with Ryan Gosling. Um the problem is that Megan Fox is understudy, who is named Kathy, I believe. Uh, that's her name now. Um, Kathy also likes Ryan Gosling, and who can blame her? He is a dream boat. So um, but Tammy consents that Kathy has a thing for Ryan Gosling, and she's like, You are the worst and you're terrible, and he will never love you. He loves only me. <laughs> and like just going full ass, just ridiculous. And so Kathy, while Kathy has a small role in the play, she's also Megan Megan Fox's understudy. Kathy like does great in her role, but she is clearly like terrified of Tammy slash Megan Fox and cannot stand it, and it's just really, really bad. Like the the play The Footlighters are also practicing for the next play, and they are absolutely bombing it. Like, they're doing terribly at it. Tammy's doing great, because Tammy is Tammy. She's doing her. But everybody else is like, this is all bad. And the thing is that, like, you could kind of blame this on, like, the puppet, but George Hamilton is the only one seeing it. Like, no one else is seeing this bitch. And Nancy. Nancy sees the puppet. But, like, it's, it's clearly not meant to, like, disrupt the play or anything else or whatever. So, like, the first, I think, like, the first full night after Nancy has stayed there, they're about to head over to watch the play to see if anything happens, et cetera. When the phone rings and Nancy picks it up and the voice on the other end sounds, like, kind of witchy. And it's like, is this Nancy Drew? And Nancy's like, this is she because Nancy has learned from previous previous things she has done with credit card people that you never say yes in a recording so she's like this is she and the person on the other end is like making all sorts of witchy cackle sounds and is like you better get out of there before some shit happens to you this is the puppet and nancy's like oh okay okay bitch and just hangs up the phone and Bess and george are like what was that and nancy's like the puppet and they're like what and nancy's like what she was threatening me. It was dumb. It was just real, real dumb. And they're like, okay, that seems legit. Um, the next something, I don't know, the next two days, whatever the fuck, um, they, they like go to rehearsal. They watch rehearsal. They, they poke around. They keep going back to the hay, the haymo, the hayloft because they, now the cannonballs are gone. So they can't find that. So Nancy's like, we need to do a thorough search. So they go through the entire haymo Loft, and they find a fucking life size witch puppet. And Nancy's like, "Oh, this is the puppet who called me," but like, not in a I believe this way. In a like, oh, this is what the person who called me was trying to imitate or whatever the fuck. And Nancy's like, "Is this actually like the dancer puppet, just in a different outfit?" So she like investigates, and she's like, mm, "No, this is actually like a separate puppet, like a separate life-sized puppet who is just chilling here in the hayloft, just just hanging out." Um, somebody calls out to them to say, like, where are they? And it's probably Tammy, that bitch. And they're like, oh, nothing, bye. And so they put the witch back under the hay. They're back at the house, like prepping for dinner or some shit. Oh, side note: Michael Sheen cannot prepare his own meals in this, and so anytime the girls are like, "Hey, let's let's have some toast," because George Hamilton and Blanche Devereux like to sleep in due to banging. Um, Michael Sheen like will wander through, and, and they're like, "Have you had breakfast yet?" And he's like, "No, I have not." And then he quotes like Richard the Third. And they're like, Kit, do you want some some toast, maybe? And he's like, that would be fantastic. Please, please hook me up with some toast. Like, he prepares no meals. Like, it it sounds like he is completely helpless and just quotes Shakespeare at all turns. Anyway, so he's wandering through, and they're like, have some toast michael sheen and he's like i would love that thank you so much for thinking of me because no one else does and i have no car and it's just really fucking sucking for me anyway um so yeah they're back at the house the dinner's being prepped or whatever the fuck also i I do love that Margot slash blanche Devereaux is like i use only paper plates and cups because who has time for dishes i am a an actress and i've got other shit to do and i was like i love that for you i love that you're like you know what paper products all around bitch let's do this so anyway margo suddenly screams from downstairs and so uh, the girls run down there and they they come upon margo at the door Blanche ever being held by george hamilton and she's like there was a witch at the door and okay okay i want you to remember that fucking george hamilton is the one who came to carson's office office and was like i'm seeing a life-size fucking ballet dancer i want you to remember that okay he says to his wife Oh, honey, you're just seeing things. I was like, bitch, bitch. Which one of those was more plausible? I mean, neither, but it's fine. And Nancy's like, um, can can you tell me anything else about it? And she's like, there was a witch. Okay, this was my favorite thing in this entire book. I like burst out laughing. George is like, what does she look like? What did she want? And I was like, it's a what? You Okay, George was there when they discovered the witch puppet. Like... She's aware that there is a witch puppet, and she's like, "What did she want?" And I was like, "What does it fucking matter what it's not a witch, like as though if you had only given her what she had asked for, which was a pop tart, that she would have just left anyway, oh my God, I just died, I just died so um she's like, Oh Margaret's like she said nothing. She just was standing there, and it was very creepy, and then she vanished, and Nancy was like, oh, "Okay, so she looks outside and she says. Was she like propped up or standing? And Margo's like, Uh, she was lending us that post over there. And Nancy's like, Okay. And George Hamilton is like, Girl, you need a Xanax and a lie down. And Nancy's like, um, hang on, hang on. So she goes out to the hayloft, she finds the fucking witch puppet back in the hayloft, brings it down, and is like, Is this what you saw? And Margot's like, Yes. And George Hamilton is like, I fucked up. Damn. Okay. Never mind. And Margo's like, "That's right, bitch!" Like she just, she just let him hold it. And I was here for it. Go for it, Blanche Devereaux. Go for it. Show him his ass. Show him his entire ass. So, so clearly, somebody's trying to unnerve them. And Nancy's like, "I feel like there's something in the house that these people want, and they keep trying to scare you out of the house so that they have more time to go after it. Because again, they they sleep in during the day." Um, they're away during the plays, but it could be that somebody involved in the plays is trying to locate this thing. So they just, they just don't know what's going on. Oh my God. So where the fuck to start? There's so much going on. Okay. So Nancy has to keep watching the play. Of course, just in case to see what's going on. Um, and she's continually like watching Tammy slash Megan Fox and being like, okay, so I've got her gestures and I've got the motion she's making and how over the top she is, I got all this. I got it. We're good. She's doing that. Um, they're also searching the attic occasionally when time permits. Uh, there's one time that they go up to the attic that Tammy like bursts into the house and is like, no, you the fuck aren't. And Nancy's like, what, what do you mean we're not going up to the attic? And she's like, I have an injunction. Like she basically says that the people in charge of the footlighters have said that they don't want anybody going up to the attic and therefore they can't go in the attic. So they're a bitch. And Nancy's like, uh-huh. So she calls, I think like the head or the president or whatever the fuck she calls him and she's like, okay, so we were told that we cannot go on the third floor. And the person who was in charge is like, Tammy is cute. Isn't she? She likes to just show her full ass. So she apparently was like, I make a motion that no one can go on the third floor except for me and also Michael Sheen and also like some random people that I'm going to name. And they were like, no, why would that be a thing? So Nancy's free to go up there. She's just being a hose beast. So that's fun. Um, they get up there and they actually find like a jack-in-the-box basically, but like a big-ass jack-in-the-box, which is fun. It like punches George as one does. When jack-in-the-boxes are erupt, you never know what's going to happen. Then they find a hidden place in the closet. And when they open it, they find a Pierrot doll, like a old-fashioned clown doll that like lifts its hands menacingly and they're all like the fuck but the fun thing is that they never think that it's like ghosts like other than Bess who was like I don't know maybe ghosts but Nancy and George are like it there there's a reason for this we are going to be scully about all of this there is a reason shut up Mulder it's fine The other thing, of course, is that whenever there are nights when the moon is full and things are romantic outside, that they're like, puppet time? Possibly puppet time? So I think that Nancy gets injured doing some other fucking thing, like, because Nancy's continually getting injured and they're just respawning, so she's fine. Um, And George Hamilton is like, okay, Nancy. I think that she has to, like, she stayed up late to do something or some shit, but anyway. He's like Nancy. I'm going to go outside and look for the puppet. And Nancy's like, uh, "How? Okay. Um, I, I would also be interested in seeing said puppet. Um, how are you going to let me know? Because we have no cell phones." And he's like, "I have rigged up a Victorian. I got buried alive bell system, so that I can just ring it, and you will wake and come running." And Nancy's like, "Sure, that sounds perfect. Ten out of ten. No notes. I'm I'm on board. It's going to be great." So of course she. I think she actually does like take a warm bath and go to sleep. There's some point where, um, oh, I remember this happens later. So she goes to bed and then she's woken by the jingling of the bells. It's like an Edgar Allan Poe story. But when she runs outside, he's like "The, the puppet, the puppet is here. So of course the puppet vanishes again after dancing across the lawn, just, you know, like moonwalking, some light moonwalking, just reenacting the thriller video. It's fine. Um, the other thing that Nancy see, like, because she's going to watch the play, and they're trying to see if anything weird is going on, if there's any sort of, like, relationship things going on between the actors, anything that they can see. Like, there's married people among the cast, they're, because it's all just, like, young people having a good time putting on a play. Um, Although, at one point, when they're watching it, and Nancy's like, okay, I think I, think I can pretend to be Tammy slash Megan Fox. Bess is like, girl, if you were up there acting with the Ryan Gosling character the way that she is, and then Ned would just punch all the people out. And Nancy's like, Tee-hee. and yeah, But anyway, you're like, that's surely not a Chekhov's gun of significance. So they go over there and Nancy spots Tammy getting into a car with some rando who they've never seen before. And he's like, get in, you know, we've got a job to do. And, and they dash away. And Nancy's like, Nancy, of course, is by herself at this point. She's like, George. And George is like, what the fuck? And Nancy's like, get in the fucking car. We got to go. So, oh my gosh, I forgot the other thing. Like really soon after they um, came to the Van Pelt mansion, the Von Trapp mansion, um, they decided that they're going to park the car a distance away and like do a thorough search of the grounds, like to see if they can find any clues where the poet was or anything like that. And Nancy, Bess, and George are all in the car they also, um, like, anyway, they decide that they want to find out some more about the actors as well, about George Hamilton, and also Blanche Devereaux, and also Michael Sheen, but anyway, they're in the car, and they pull the car off to the side of the road, so that nobody's gonna spot it, and somebody, like, fucking rear-ends the shit out of them, and they are thrown violently into the car, um, Nancy comes to and is like has a big old swelling on her head because again when I say that she's concussed several times in this book I mean like cannonballs thrown check getting rear-ended also check you know it Um, yeah so at that point like they call a doctor and the doctor's like maybe stop getting hit in the head I'm just gonna say it just stop getting hit in the head. But they can't, the car that rear ends them, like, pulls out and continues down the road, so they don't know who it is. Um, I don't think that Nancy is even able to give, like, any sort of description, but they take it to, hilariously, the car repair place that Nancy always uses. And I'm like, so every 12 seconds, Nancy's like, hey, guess what? Can you just, like, rebuild my car? Just find some parts. It's fine. I have a Frankenstein car. Um, so she takes it there to Joe, who graduated from high school with her he graduated anyway anyway I don't his it's not Joe Hardy that would be super weird anyway Nancy's like can you like fix this and he's like yeah I got you I got you girl I got you boo um but Nancy also says if anybody comes in and clearly has their front end smashed like just give me a heads up just you know drop me a line They go home and they talk to Carson who wants to... I can't remember exactly the information they want from him at that point other than to say, like, yeah, our car got rear-ended. And Carson's like, maybe, I don't know, be more careful. I don't know. Like, I I got no advice for you. (laughs) They do go back later and ask him for more information about the actors who are leading the play, which BT dubs George Hamilton. When he is putting on a play, he ain't fucking around. He's got zero fucks to give about whatever your excuses are about why you're not at practice or why you're doing a shitty job. He is just a monster. He is it does not sound pleasant to be around as a director. But when they ask about him, apparently they have just excellent reputations. Um Michael Sheen is seen as a bit of a a, a bit flighty, but otherwise just a, a good old sport. Like nobody has anything really to object to them about. So Tammy slash Megan Fox, you'll remember, came from California. She hops in the car with a guy who they've never seen before, who I think like she says, Chuck, what are you doing here? Some shit. So they're like, Chuck. Okay, cool. So Nancy and George follow her. Again, this is after practice. She just, they, she like hops in the car and runs off and they're like, yes, let's follow this. This seems important. I don't care. I don't know. Maybe she's going to buy some Moncour cosmetics and see some elves. So they follow them to a restaurant that's called, I Should you not, Green Acres. And I looked at that and said, now the theme song stuck in my head. When did that happen? So, um, the TV show did not happen until a few years later. So this is not a reference to that. At least not the TV show. I was like, still though, still. So when they pull up, like, Nancy's like, I uh, it's apparently a very exclusive place. Like the place with valet parking and people walking in wearing like all glittered up and sequins. They're here to rock it. They're here to show off. But... No one can see inside. Like they have all the windows blocked off. I was like, "Vampire orgy location, we have found it." So they can't get in. Nancy's like, "We're gonna need money and also escorts." <laughs> and I, w- I would love the idea of Nancy being like, calling up an escort service to be like, "Hey, can you send out like your hottest, your hottest selection?" Because me and my girl, we need to break into a place, and you need to be down with it. Maybe bring some party drugs. We already know they're in a ketamine, so. Nancy and George wait outside and they're like, maybe we can, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to handle this. Like she doesn't even try to bluff her way in, which I was like, come on, Nancy. I've seen you bluff your way into other shady places, but she decides not to. Um, they do, she does manage to see like through a door or something that the guy that Tammy came in with is up on stage singing so they're like, "Oh, okay, like apparently they have live music like they're a, a local live music venue it's It's like a converted house it's it's a, like a big old mansion that they've converted into a restaurant slash vampire orgy location um but when they're out there, two guys come to the door and start off for their car and like seem to be acting like." furtive. And Nancy's like, this seems interesting. And a woman comes out after them and is yelling like thieves. They stole, they stole from me. They stole from me. And so Nancy gets George to block off the exit because of course it's a very exclusive vampire orgy location. So George is able to like block off the dirt road leading up to it. Take pictures of all those license plates, bitch. You're going to need them. Um, Anyway, so The car, like the car that the two guys gets into pulls up to George and they're like, what are you doing? Get out of the way. And George is like, I don't know how to start the, I don't know. The car's not working. Anyway, they managed to stop them long enough for the cops to get there. So the woman who ran out was like, stop thieves. She is wearing a bunch of emerald necklaces slash jewelry slash she's got the whole whole thing going on. She's She is a well-put-together lady, and she's missing her necklace. And she's saying, these two men stopped at my table and were talking to me. I do not know them. Um, I believe that they stole my necklace because I had it, and then I saw them, and now I do not. And Nancy was like, okay, that's not conclusive, but sure. I mean, I, I see what you're putting down. Um, also the singer came over and was talking to her. And so the singer comes out like kind of sauntering out and he's like, Hey, what, what's going on? And the woman's like, You came over to my table and you were talking to me and and these these guys came over and I think they stole my necklace, and he's like, Hmm, uh I don't I don't remember seeing anything like that, but okay. So um they're like, Can we search you? And one of them, they're like, We need to see your IDs and they don't want to show those, but they're both California licenses, plot twist, and one of them says Elon Musk, and they're like so Elon, what what's what's up? And he's like, I got nothing to say to you. This is an illegal search. I'm a sovereign citizen. Fuck off. Anyway, so the cops show up because George and Nancy managed to stall the car long enough for the cops to get there. And they're like, We are here to search you because they're like, We will not let anybody other than the cops search us. So the cops show up and they're like, Hey, bitch, let's search you. And so Elon Musk is like, If you must. So they're searched thoroughly. Their car is searched. No necklace no necklace. So Nancy's like, I like it. I don't trust y'all, Elon Musk, and not, not feeling it, feeling like you were involved. And also California, like there's a lot of things coming together. The horoscope is saying that all signs point to y'all being involved. So, but you know, they have to let him go. So it's fine. But Nancy's like, "Mm, I I got a feeling about this though. Got a feeling. So they go back. Um, I think, I can't remember how exactly they run into Chuck again, um, but can't exactly remember. I think that there's a point where they, like, call him or some shit, but anyway, it's fine. Um, What they do find out later is that Chuck and Tammy are brother and sister, and they are both from California, and Chuck took up singing there. Chuck is not his real name. Chuck is his nickname. Chuck is his stage name. His last name is, like, Gail. I don't know because his friend Dorothy, I don't know, he's staying with a friend, and he's enjoying the hot nightlife around River Heights, and I'm like, because it's full of thieves, um, but anyway, Tammy is, Tammy kind of, like, did a lot of acting out there as well, so cool, cool for her, um, the other thing that's happening, let me think, they're, they're still, like, searching the attic whenever they can, etc., it's fine, um, George Hamilton is, like, one of the girls is like, oh, I can't, I can't do my part, blah, blah, blah. And so George Hamilton is like, I call upon Bess. And Bess is like, this is the best day of my life. And she goes like, full Susan Lucci. And so she's like, I've got like three lines. But she's nervous to say them around Nancy and George. So Nancy and George are like, we'll just go out in the hallway. It's fine. It's fine, girl. We got you. We're, we're supporting you from the hallway. Thoughts and prayers. Um, so Bess gets up there and is like being a little bit nervous, but it's fine. Um, she's She's doing fine. She's doing fine. Anyway, it's good. Um, Let me think. I, the next major thing that happens, honestly, is that Tammy is supposed to show up for rehearsal. Megan Fox is supposed to show up for rehearsal. And there's also, like, Bess and George and Nancy have also noticed that Kathy... Like, Ryan Gosling is dating Kathy, like, full ass dating Kathy. And so Tammy, like, hates Kathy, like, wants to set her on fucking fire and is just showing her ass all the time. There's one point where Tammy slash Megan Fox comes up to the house and is like, I need to tell you that if you took my advice about how to run this play, like, it would be doing so much better and you are just fucking everything up. And if you were doing this, then they would fucking stand in line and it would be great. And and George Hamilton is like, Can you please? This is the fifth time I've told you, shut the fuck up. Cause nobody, nobody needs to know what you have to say. You're making it worse you're making shit worse. And at one point he's like, look, I've told you, I've told you, I've told you, you need to shut up. You need to just fucking shut up. The thing is that like during this scene, um, Michael Sheen is standing like in the kitchen, just staring at it, like just lapping it up. He is enjoying the shit out of this. And Nancy's like, I'm getting a vibe off this though. I'm getting a vibe. I have this feeling that he has a crush on Megan Fox. Like Michael Sheen has a a crush on Megan Fox. I'm feeling it like, it's not obvious, it's subtle, it's subtle, but I'm feeling it, so, she's like, that's interesting, so she fells that away, um, but, yeah, basically, George Hamilton is like, Megan Fox, if you cannot just keep your mouth shut, I will find somebody else to do your job, bitch, don't think that I can't, and Tammy's like, you ain't gonna find nobody who can do what I can do, and you're like, does this involve oral sex, but, anyway, it's fine, so, um, I don't remember if it's that, I think it's maybe the next day, actually, Um, Tammy doesn't show up for rehearsal, she's just not there, and so Nancy's like, well, she's been a bitch to me, but I'm gonna call her house, so she calls her aunt, and she's like, hello, is Megan Fox available, and the aunt is like, so she had a long night with a lot of bikers, and she is not available at this moment, but she is planning to be at tonight's performance, and Nancy's like, cool, cool. How much did she have to drink? And it's like, all of it. She drank it all, everything, everything that was involved. And he's like, thank you for your service. So she goes back and she's like, okay, so Tammy's going to be here later, but I don't know. It's fine. Um, they do the rehearsal again. I think that I've said this, but maybe I haven't that Nancy said that she was just going to do like set dressing and painting and, and that kind of, that sort of business. So that's that. At some point in here, um, you remember the Victorian in case of being buried alive, ring this bell. Remember that incident? Yes. Nancy and George Hamilton chase the puppet, which at this point it's the ballerina puppet. So it's like, it's like that my size Barbie, but dressed as a ballerina and also behaving like a little puppet, which is super fucking creepy. I have to, okay. Okay this is like the perfect book for Halloween. Like, if you had just turned the notch, the the dial just, just a tad, this could be creepy as literal fuck, but the book never plays it that way. The book is never like, and it was just creepy as shit, because it looked lifelike, but not enough. Like, they never, they never push it. It's just like Nancy looking at it and going, huh, That puppet's got a motor in it, and I'm going to figure out how the fuck it works. So, anyway. So, somebody, like, runs up, grabs the puppet, runs off. Um, They can't find the person. They've searched everywhere. Somebody hits George Hamilton on the head, of course, because this is a book that is full of concussions. This is a book that was published by a concussion doctor who was like, you're at risk of all of this. Somebody might throw a fucking Civil War cannonball at your head. You need to to be prepared at all times. Have me on retainer. I'm going to put my face on the back of some billboards. It's going to be nice. Anyway, so... They can't find him. And Nancy's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. But they do find some footprints. So Nancy and George Hamilton collect some some small stones and ring the footprints so that they can call the police the next day. As you know, Nancy is the police commissioner. I can't emphasize this enough, like, for fuck's sake. Anytime Nancy's like, I need y'all to come take some casts of some footprints, they're like, bitch, we'll be right there. You know that we got nothing else going on. We're all here. We're here for you. Anytime, anytime you need anything, just give us a call. We are like that song. I will be there. Yes, I will. So they come out the next morning and they're like, okay, we have our plaster of Paris we're here, we're ready to do this shit, and they go out there and there's no footprints there's no rocks around any footprints there's no rocks there's there's just bare earth and Nancy's like, "Sweet, somebody came out here and fucking erased it. Then she has an idea, and she's like the only way that somebody could have vanished the way that they did last night is if they climbed a fucking tree, so she goes to where she's pretty sure the footprints were, and she climbs a tree and she's like, "I' found a clue because." She was like, I would feel like such a gigantic asshole if I call the cops out here for absolutely nothing. I mean, are they going to get their overtime? You bet bet your ass, bitch, they're going to get some overtime. But I would like to at least have them a little bit of something. So she finds, because this is how things work if you are a criminal, first off, you got to have all your shit monogrammed. That is, that's not applicable in this book, but anyway. Second, anytime you're wearing any garment or carrying any garment, it needs to shed perpetually, and fragments that are big enough for Nancy to find. So, she finds parts of a gray suit, she finds parts of a black hood, and she finds parts of some pink tulle, of course. So, she hands those over to the cops, and she's like, do with it what you will, go with God. Oh, my God. So, remember when Nancy took her car to the garage and she was like, okay, let me know if anybody comes in here and they're like, maybe I re rented somebody, maybe I didn't, maybe I've got some DUIs DUIs on my record, IDK. So, Joe calls Nancy and he's like, you will never guess what just happened. And Nancy's like, call Chief McGinnis immediately. He is my personal secretary and he will handle everything. Somebody came in and the car seems to have similar damage to what Nancy would expect. So, she brings her car by and she's like, okay, let's see if it matches up. And it does. The damage to the bumper matches up, the flecks of paint that they find on it match up, everything seems to to signs point to yes. So Nancy's like, okay, who brought it by? And he's like, Elon Musk. And Nancy's like, Elon Musk. He's back. Shit. So they call the cops. The cops are like, okay, we're going to drain the gas from the vehicle so that it cannot leave here. And I was like, sure, hon. Uh, what was his reason for doing this? He says that um he was driving and ran somebody ran into him. I I don't know. And they're like, yeah, bitch, it's fine, it's certainly fine, no big deal. So they know that Elon Musk almost certainly has something to do with the fact that Nancy was run into. Nancy's like, I I got a I got a all these Californians, all of them seeming a bit shifty. I got a feeling they're all in cahoots. So there's that going on. Um one thing that Nancy did notice is that the person who one of one of the people that I think it was the guy identifying himself as Elon Musk um apparently had some sort of snake-like scar on his wrist and so Nancy was like this seems important. So after they left the Green Acres restaurant, after that those shenanigans happened, was Eddie Albert there? We don't know. Um they drive back to the Van Pelt slash everything mansion and when they pull up their saw horses fucking pulled across the drive and two guys are there and they're like the this is the police open the car and Nancy's like no like oh my god the the sheer brass balls of this where she just sits there and she's like like they've got their headlights on they've got these two guys who clearly are like masked and they're like open up and Nancy's like no (laughs) and she leans on the fucking horn like she puts her entire body on that horn and blows it as hard as she can And the they're like, "What are you doing? Stop!" And Nancy's like, "No, y'all y'all ain't gonna do anything. What you gonna do?" And they're like, "Why are you looking for? You know, why did why were you at the restaurant tonight? What are you doing?" And Nancy's like, "I ain't gonna answer your questions. What the fuck are you doing here? Who are you?" And they're like, so eventually they get scared away. And Nancy's like, "What the fuck? Like sincerely, what what the fuck?" And one of the guys who stopped the car has the snake scar on his wrist so she's like okay Elon Musk was here I see how this is gonna go so um Bess and George Hamilton and Brent, Blanche Devereaux, and also possibly Michael Sheen run up and they're like oh my God are you guys okay and they're like yeah like did did you guys block off the path and they're like no what what are what are these all horses doing here that's that's pretty fucking weird so. The next time that a play is going to be performed, which is after they've called Megan Fox's aunt and Megan Fox's aunt was like, oh, uh, yeah, she's she just like got railed by like, I don't know, a bunch of motor, motorcycle gang. So she's incommunicado. Um, after that happens, um, they call back and they're like, hey, so um, is she going to be out for tonight's like official performance? Like, I know she missed the the." Schedule, she was supposed to come out here and do a rehearsal, but is she gonna be out here for like tonight's thing? And she was like, Oh, bitch got laryngitis. So that's gonna be a no on that. Like she's she's working real hard to rest up her voice though. And everybody's like, We're we're gonna have to cancel the play. We're we have to. We have to. Like everybody comes out here to see Tammy. Like they wanna see Megan Fox. Like, that's what they're here for. And Nancy's like yeah, that does suck. And Bess is like, um, Nancy's really good at it. And also she's learned all of bitch Horse lines. And Nancy's like, what are you, sh- what? And George Hamilton is like, is this true? And Nancy's like, I mean, maybe I learned her lines, IDK. And they're like, what else you got? What else you got, bitch? And so George Hamilton is like, come over here with me. Let's run lines. And so of course, Nancy knows all of the lines perfectly. She does the gestures. She does all the gesticulations. And so like, there's one scene where he's like, and again, the book doesn't go into detail because they they give zero fucks about this. You need to know that. But he's like, for this scene, when you're supposed to be reading a letter and then Ryan Gosling walks in and you are startled by him, like, try to play it like this. Like, let the, let the, let her flutter down to the floor, like play it like this. And he says like, okay. So she takes his direction and runs with it. And she's like, so he wanted a bit of a lighter touch on this. He wanted me not to act like I was about to just completely flip and take my clothes off for Ryan Gosling run on stage. So play it slightly cooler than that. Just, just a smidge, leave the undies on. So, um, after she runs the lines, he's like, perfect. I love it. This is fantastic. Go, go back to the house, take a hot bath. I'm sorry, a lukewarm bath. We don't want to excite you too much. And then a light meal and then come back here. So at that point, Bess and George look at each other and they're like, you know, it'd be the best thing ever is if we call Carson and get him to come out here. And also Ned and get him to come out here because Nancy is about to just rock what what's about to go down out here it's going to be epic he needs to be here for this he needs to be here to put it up on her instagram so they call him and he hops on a fucking plane to get down there for her play ned gets on a plane he brings bert and dave with him because of course he does they are his handlers and his entourage and they know all the secrets Maybe they carry his gear. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they get on a plane. Bess and George run out there and pick them up from the fucking airport. They bring Carson. I, th- I think they even, like, throw Hannah into the car at this point. Anyway, they get out there. They bring them back. Nancy doesn't know that they're out there. So when Nancy goes out and performs, like, she is, of course, being the love interest for Ryan Gosling. And so she's like, oh, oh, so what? You know, she's wearing, like, a Civil War dress. She's wearing a wig. She's rocking a wig. Um, like, yeah, Scarlett O'Hara just going full Scarlett O'Hara. And at the end of it, like, hilariously, we switch to, I think it's, like, George's point of view. And she's looking over at Ned, who is staring intently at the stage during all of the romantic scenes between Nancy and Ryan Gosling, because he ain't here for this shit. And, like, there's a point where, like, they have to kiss. And Ned's like, I'm going to burn this place down. Know that. Know that. And I feel like Bert and Dave have to be like, honey, you, you can't, you can't burn it down. Like, we have important work to do, you need to stay out of prison, and that's like, for now, anyway, so after it's over, um, you know, they've taken several ovations, and also, like, the mood of the crowd is like, what the fuck, we signed up for Megan Fox, but then they see that Nancy's rocking it, and they're like, this also feels like an event. Nancy is here investigating a mystery, and we need to be here to support her. We are her River Heights people. So anyway, by the end of it, everybody's, you know, they're like, yeah, you did great, yeah. So Nancy, of course, is, like, excited and flushed and everything. And George Hamilton is like, girl, you could be an actress. And Nancy's like, but I like being a detective more, so that's not going to happen. But thank you. Um, so she sees Ned, and she's like, oh, my God, you were here. And he's like, hey, girl, hey. You deserve, like, a five dozen roses. If I had the time to pick them up at the airport, like, out of those little coolers that they have, I would have done that. But I had to haul ass to the convertible, which may or may not be salmon colored, and get here so that I could see you. You were so hot up there. And I think that we need to do it in celebration slash maybe, maybe rock it at some sort of dance party. And Nancy's like, two things. First off, um, Ryan Gosling asked me on a date. And I said, yes and Ryan Gosling at that point walks out and he's like oh no no you can have her because I feel like that behind his back is like I will murder you so Ryan Gosling is like no rain check it's fine I'll go out with Kathy and and Nancy's like can we go to Green Acres and that's like so this is part of your mystery isn't it they filled me in on the car ride okay sure we'll do it so now that Nancy has her escort in all senses of that word, um, they go out to Green Acres. Um, Chuck is there singing. I think this is the point where Chuck admits that um, Tammy's his sister and that she does apparently, in fact, have laryngitis. Um, he, sings, he sings really well, and so they ask about that. And so Chuck admits that not only did he have singing lessons out in California, Tammy has had lessons in acting. So the thing is that this is an amateur group, like with rules. And so the fact that Tammy is no long, Tammy is not an amateur. Tammy's like been trained and she has acted in plays in California. Like she's, if not a professional, then like clearly like training toward being a professional actress. And so like technically she shouldn't even be a member of the group. So there's that. That's fun. But the group has a gay old time. Um, they just dance it up. And so Ned's like, I really hate to, to put this party short, but we got to get back. I enjoyed the vampire orgy. It was fabulous. I have some notes, but we will circle back. It's fine. So they take Ned to the airport. And actually, Nancy's like, I'm so glad that Ryan Gosling accompanied us because it, three ladies having to make it back from the airport. No, no, four, because Kathy is with us. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what would have happened to us? And I was like, bitch, I've seen you single-handedly take down, like, everything possible, so for you to be like, what would have happened? I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I also want Ryan Gosling to get it together with Bess, because that's always my hope for her, is that she finds an actor and never has to work another day in her life, because I love her, because, again, like, there's, there's another scene in the book where they're making dinner, and Nancy's like, oh, well, I guess we need to, like, maybe not make something really sweet for dessert, and Nancy's, and Bess is like, bitch, we're going to your house. And she's like, yeah, but like you, you wanted to lose weight and stuff. And Bess is like, I just want a dessert. Just shut up. And I'm like, can you please stop trying to lean in on the eating disorder? Just let Bess be, let her live her best life with Ryan Gosling and eating strawberry shortcake. Perfect. Anyway. So, um, later on that night after like they've gotten back from the airport and it's like fucking 1am or some shit, um, the puppets, like, Nancy has a, f- like, a, a feeling that she needs to go out to investigate, because she's like, this feels like a puppet night, this feels like a night that the puppet would appear, because whatever the puppet is meant to distract them from, they still haven't found it, apparently, so she goes out there, and she sees that the puppet is on stage, like, there's somebody dancing on stage, kind of jerkily, like, wearing a mask, and so Nancy's like, the fuck, and so she goes up to stage, and it's fucking Tammy, Megan Fox who is like who rips off the mask and is like I'm gonna beat your ass and Nancy's like what the fuck and Megan Fox beats her ass like she comes at her like a spider monkey and Nancy's like the uh, Nancy is flabbergasted and so um like they see the lights out there the other people see the lights out there and they come out to see what the fuck's going on and so they pull Megan Fox off Nancy and he's and Megan Fox is like you will all I'm gonna burn this fucker down like you you have not seen the last of me and I, but she has laryngitis, so she's kind of, like, horse whispering it, and Nancy's, like, just let her go. It's fine. Like, I'm, like, girl, this is your third concussion. Like, bitch was trying to pimp slap you several times. You were on the ground. Just, just take it easy. My god. Anyway, so, basically, George Hamilton is, like, you'll never work in this tiny theater again, and Megan Fox is, like, suck on it. I'm so much better than all of you. Oh, my god. Anyway, so, she leaves, but Nancy figures out that there has to be a secret entrance like this is part of how they find the witch cost the witch puppet is that she's like okay so how exactly did somebody get in here bolt the doors and then get out again and so they find that if you stand on some of the scenery or if you get somebody to lift you up that you can actually make it through this very not obvious entrance that goes between the two barns and so you end up in the hayloft so so that's fun um let me think the other thing they found the pimp slapping piero doll of course when they go back to it it's gone um all sorts of fun stuff so nancy finally decides that she's gonna there's one last thing in the attic that they haven't really looked through and that's a box of books old year books no it's fine Uh, like it looks like books or journals or some shit so they're like we've got to check that out but they do notice that um michael sheen is like so i I heard y'all weren't supposed to be in the attic and nancy's like um what are you are you anti-addicts and he's like "Uh, I'm just not a fan I I'm terrified of climbing trees and also not a fan of addicts for dust mode reasons and also something from Much Ado About Nothing so yeah um and Nancy's like that seems a bit on the nose but but I mean I like him He, he seems cool so I don't know I don't know that's fine Nancy goes through the box and she finds a journal, which was written by Van Pelt slash Edmund Von Trapp or whatever, um, 50 years ago, of course. He loved puppets. And so Nancy's talking to Michael Sheen and she's like, are you a puppet enthusiast? And he's like, am I? Oh my God, puppets are fantastic. And so he starts talking to her about like the history of puppetry. And of course it was associated with plays and how, um, I think he talks about marionette and how that initially came from, like, French puppets. Like, that's where the terminology came from. And Nancy's like, this is fascinating. Right, so you're a puppet enthusiast, are you? Okay, okay, cool, cool. I, you know, I'm here for it. It's nice. Um, let me think. So he says that he doesn't want to be up in the attic, and Nancy's like, "Oh, okay." Um, when they go back to find the Piero doll, somebody laughs nearby, and Nancy's like, "What? That that was weird." And they can't find where it came from, and so Nancy's like, "The the they're still here. Like the people are still looking for the thing. Like clearly, clearly they are." When she finds the journal, the journal written by what's his face Van Pelt is like is talking about making puppets he has made four, ah, life-size puppets, which he says one of them contains a secret, because of course it does, which is going to be useful for future generations, because of course it is, like, we have definitely hit the era where the Nancy Drew books are like, this is for future people, for reasons, and they discover it at a time of financial need, because of course, like, the footlighters are not making a bunch of money or some shit, anyway, like, that's always the way it is George Hamilton is not hawking wares as he once did Blanche Devereaux of course has only her part-time job at the museum to care for them so anyway and of course they have to support Michael Sheen who is just bumming um there's some point where like he's not there and there's a puppet sighting and it's that he was like hanging with some local friends just smoking some pot and thinking about old things it's fine but he has no car so yeah it's like we can no longer trust him with a car because he starts performing Shakespeare and the next thing we know it's in a ditch and he's performing Ophelia. We don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, so Nancy finds the, the thing talking about the four puppets and she says, okay, so ballerina puppet, okay, check. Witch puppet, check. Pierrot puppet, check. We don't know where the fourth puppet is. That's what we need to find. That's what we need to find. Um, then she gets a call from Chief McGinnis who was like, Guess what, bitch? We got a lineup for you. So a pawnbroker and a, I don't know if they were in River Heights, I think they were from a, a local community. Um, somebody tried to pawn the Emerald Necklace. We've also got Joe, the mechanic, and we've got Nancy, and all of them are there for the lineup. And the two guys identify one of the guys in the lineup as Elon Musk. And so Nancy's like, Of course. And when Nancy sees he has a scar on his wrist, she's like, yep, you bet your sweet ass that's the one that we saw. You know, it's him. You know what? Um, they ask him, like, you know, where'd you get the necklace? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I It was a thing that was given to me by a relative. And I don't know what you're talking about. They ask him about the car. And he's like, yeah, I was looking at a map and i ran off the road ran into something they're like oh so i thought you said somebody ran into you and he's like also that i don't know so anyway his, his story is horrible they go to the address that is on his id nancy sees a few girls outside with baby carriages who i guess are like daytime nannies is kind of the implication and she's like hey does elon musk live here and they're like no um his friend does, but he doesn't, and she's like, oh, okay, so Nancy rings the bell, there's nobody there, which, again, they, th- there's two guys, they're not sure which one they have, because it sounds like they just swap names, like, they both could buy Elon Musk, um, but when they, at, she's like, so where does Elon Musk live, and they're like, oh, at blah, blah, so they give her an address that's, like, a block away, and so they go to that apartment house, and I think it's, I think it's Nancy and George, So they go there and they ring the bell and they, I think they get hold of the cops because they're like, this, this feels like some stuff's about to go down. So we're going to need some cops. So they get there and they manage to, I don't know if they like bluff their way in or what. I can't fucking remember. I feel like they do. But, um, the guy opens the door, they manage to get into the apartment and he is like, you you got no right to come in here. I don't know what you're hand blah blah blah. Like just running his mouth. And they're like, Okay, you need to come down to the station with us, and he's like, You've got no right to charge me, blah blah, blah. like just screaming for a lawyer and all sorts of shit. And he's, he's like, I don't I I feel like there's something here. I feel like there's something here. And so I think it's best opens the oven and the puppet is in the oven. Again, I cannot emphasize this enough. Were the tone just a slightly different tone. This would be a perfect Halloween story. But anyway, so Bess pulls the ballerina puppet out of the oven and he's like, no, 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 like just in his mouth. Like, how dare you? How dare you interfere with my puppets? Wh- which again, it starts to feel like maybe y'all are doing some weird like sex doll things, but okay. Um, so they are investigating the puppet and he's like, No, don't open it, it'll hurt you. And so one of them is like, We will call the police electrician. And I was like, That's a thing. Y'all have an electrician? I guess I have an electrician on staff or somebody that they call whenever they need electrical work. Like I it it was vague. It was a bit vague. Um but anyway, they call him and they he comes over and he's like, Uh yeah, there was actually a live wire in here. I've disconnected it, so you're fine. Um, but he's like, you can see on the interior of this where it used to have a key to wind up, like, like you would if you were having some sort of, like, carousel doll base. like, anyway. He says, but it's been replaced by actual, like, mechanical parts so that it would be able to move, uh, like, through a remote. And Nancy's like, huh, really? And when they open up the interior of the doll, they find a bunch of fucking jewelry. And Nancy's like, jackpot, so, so that, both explains and doesn't explain it, actually, she's like, okay, okay, so, um, the fourth puppet, and dude is, like, completely fucking refusing to talk, so that's fun, um, yeah, yeah, anyway, so, Nancy's figured out there's, there has to be a fourth doll, they have to locate the fourth doll, um, the other thing is that she's talking to George Hamilton, and she's, like, girl, I know your play ain't going the way you wanted it, and he, He's like, Nancy, you're fabulous. You are not completely fucking toxic like Megan Fox. Like, I need you to be my lead. And Nancy's like, um, no, I'm not interested. And he's like, he says, I'll talk to your father. It's fine. And Nancy's like, first off, he ain't the boss of me. Second, I make decisions about what I'm doing. So you can just step the fuck off. Um, Third, I don't like want to be tied down for a play like that would cramp my style in every possible way. So no. She comes up with a counter proposal. She says, um, there's somebody local doing some sort of puppetry thing, like some sort of puppet show or some sort of like maybe a puppet retrospective. I don't know. It sounds kind of creepy. Um, but she's like, invite him to like basically perform while you're whipping the play into shape. And that way it'll be something interesting and unique and it'll give you time instead of putting you under all this stress. And he's like, that's perfect. Whereas I would have been like, puppets, though. Puppets. Okay. But it's fine, though. And um, they do find the fourth puppet, which is, I think, dressed as a Spanish, like, like wearing a bolero and like the little cape and everything. Like, they're like, he's impressive. You're not wrong. Um, They open him up and they find Plans to make a fuel cell out of melted aluminum. I have no idea if any of what I just said makes any sort of sense whatsoever, but the person who's there, and I can't remember who the fuck is there who would know anything about this shit, they look at it and they're like, yes, this is a reasonable thing, and it would not have been practical at the time that he designed this 50 years ago, but now, um, yeah, melted aluminum, perfectly reasonable, a thing that we have a lot of this will be perfect, and so they're like, yay, we can sell this, and, and they're like, well, because the way that he wrote it in his journal was that whoever finds it, the, the thing will belong to whoever finds it, like, it'll be theirs to, like, make money off of or dispose of or whatever, and so they're like, well, technically, Nancy found it, so it's hers, and she's like, bitch, no, I'm gonna give it to George Hamilton, Um, He can use it to fund the house and and do whatever he wants to with it. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so great. Oh, my God. And I was like, sure. I mean, George Hamilton does not strike me as the kind of person who was really in, like, dire financial straits. But okay, maybe he was. Maybe it was just really bad for him. And he was in bad with some bad, loan sharky people. But anyway, so Nancy does ask um, Michael Sheen at this point. She's like, so be honest with me. Were you involved in this? And he's like, Yeah. (laughs) Like it just fucking comes out with it. Um, he was the one who um was that weird laugh that they heard when they couldn't find the Piero doll, he did that. Um he found a stairwell that led from his room up to the attic. And so he would just use that whenever he wanted to. Um, he was looking through the books one day just out of curiosity, and he found that thing about um the the dolls, and the fact that there was something hidden in one of the dolls, and so they were looking for all four of the dolls, um, so he told Megan Fox, because he wanted to impress her, he, he had the hots for her, and he wanted her to look at him differently, and so he was like, girl, I've got a thing to tell you, and it's gonna be real cool for us, so he just, that, that's it, he just wanted to impress her, like, he, he comes off sounding like he was just, being dumb. Like, he was just being a dumb man. And so, Nancy's like, I still love you, though. You're doing good work. You and that werewolf movie, you're doing fantastic work. I love it. Just, just keep doing you. Just keep making your weird choices. The other thing that happens is that I think, I think Tammy gets arrested. I mean, not only did she bodily assault Nancy, like, just whip her ass on stage. Um, with no other people, but, but also some people there at the end who were like, maybe stop. Um, what they find out is that Chuck, who enjoys a party, enjoys to party, um, made friends with Elon Musk and Elon Musk is Confederate. And, um, they are of course shifty people who had a scam going. And so, Chuck, like, was in need of some money. And they were like, girl, we got you. And so, they lent him some money. But then they said that he was now kind of indebted to them to work with their scam until he paid them back. And, of course, he couldn't pay them back because he's Chuck and he is a singer. And he is not allowed to date patrons. And so, he was needing to find some people on Tinder slash Grindr at all times. So, anyway. Um, The thing was that he was supposed to stop and talk to somebody in the audience. Like, Tammy's role was to evaluate jewelry. So she would go into the place, she would look around and see who was a good mark and who was wearing like genuine shit, not, not paste. So she would select that person, like kind of note them for the rest of the gang. Chuck would come over and talk to that person. And then Elon Musk and his confederate would come over and just like take the necklace off, but they would hand it to Chuck. And they are the ones who are, like, the obvious candidates, the obvious suspects who look shifty. But if anybody tried to stop them, if anybody tried to, like, search their shit, it wasn't there. Like, they thoroughly searched the restaurant after. And Nancy was like, they didn't find it. So that means that somebody, one of those people, has nothing to do with it. But nobody suspects Chuck because he's so he's so cool and he's so nice. And so they don't... But the thing is that, like, whenever... Tammy got into Chuck's car, and Chuck was like, we have a job to do. Like, he sounded snippy with her, which was at odds with his personality when they were talking to him. And AC was like, hmm. So he was, he literally meant they had a job to do because he was trying to pay them back for the money that that they fronted. So that's what was going on there. Um, Whenever they would steal whatever it was, they would hide it inside the puppet before disposing of it. And I was like, sure, nobody's going to look inside the puppet because none of us have seen the... Any of the movies involving large jewels being hidden in stuffed animals that Disney likes to tell us about. Completely accurate. So it's fine. The rescuers. Um, yeah. So, Tammy's bitch ass is in jail. Um, Chuck also in jail. Elon Musk also in jail. I like to call him Elon Musk because he decided to steal somebody else's invention for his own instead of doing his own damn work. That's perfect. You suck. And his confederate, whose name I neither know nor care to know. So all the Californians are now in jail because we can't trust them. It's fine. Um, Nancy and her friend's doing great. Um, Ryan Gosling has found love with Kathy. (laughs) Like, it, it was so weird. The date in question, like, happened completely off screen, off the page. Like, Nancy was like, oh, he asked me on a date. That's, there's no i mean it's clear from what ryan gosling does that he actually did it's just that like it it didn't happen on the page so so yeah it's not like his heart was completely broken by the fact that nancy was like yeah um my my man who is a secret service agent who carries firearms at him at all times wants you dead so maybe step off i'm just saying um so yeah everything ends relatively happily, I guess. Oh, oh, the other thing that happens is that the guy who's supposed to do the puppet show walks in at the end of this thing um, when they're bringing the puppets downstairs to show off. And Chief McGinnis is like, we found your puppet, blah, blah, blah. And like, here's here's the ballerina puppet. We've taken all the jewelry out of it or whatever the fuck. And the guy who's going to run the puppet show walks in and is like, that puppet, I love it. Well, how, how much do you want for it? I need it. I need it in my life. And they're like, uh, okay, like it's perfect, of course, like, all the loose ends are tied up, it's fine, we've got this puppeteer who's like, you know what I have a fetish for, life-size puppets, for non-sexy reasons, or maybe also sexy reasons, we don't know, we don't know what happens after night falls at the puppet show, so, again, super creepy, and one of them is even a clown, I do like that in the book, um, the witch puppet is described as wearing, quote, traditional witch garb, and that's it, I mean that, and in the book, whoever was illustrating the book, who was probably already nappy at this point, um, decided that that meant like the pointed hat and a long nose, and I was like, traditional witch clothes don't necessarily don't need to be like Halloween level, but okay, you do you, it's fine. So, what have we learned from this one? Don't trust Elon Musk that's what we've learned, that's what we've learned, we know that Ned loves us enough that he's gonna fly out to see us, even though his flight is going to land, and he's going to depart back to his, quote, summer camp, five hours later, like, it's a tight turnaround, but he he managed to get some dancing in with his girl, so, you know, he's doing good work, and that she deserves five dozen roses, and you're like, hell yes, she does, at all times, you are correct about that, um, the fucking bowling ball shit, and they said that, um, Elon Musk and his confederate found the bowling balls, and I'm sorry, I'm calling them bowling balls, they're, um, the, the cannon, the muskets, the, the cannonballs, the, the weird, the weird little cannonballs, um, they, they sold those to a museum, which, sure, I mean, why, so many questions, so many damn questions, um, but yeah, so the place isn't haunted, um, I feel that if one is going to search an attic, that there are ways that don't involve giant creepy puppets. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, also, Megan Fox just being completely irrational at all times, and Ryan Gosling being like, I'm just here to endure it. It is my lot in life to be macked upon by a hottie, and i am just got to accept that. That's what I'm here for. So, yeah. Um, also the evergreen if you're in a nancy drew book and there's an attic just sit your ass in that attic all the major shit's gonna go down to that attic you need to know that just just hang out there just make yourself a home there put a pallet and also have an escape hatch because you're gonna need it somebody's gonna throw you into some stuff there may be some old slave quarters you don't know how it's gonna play out so be dressed at all times wear some scuba mask be ready that you don't know uh, next time we're going to do Moonstone Castle Mystery, which hilariously at the end of this book is referred to as Moonstone Valley Mystery, and I was like, oh, I love that both you weren't quite sure what the name was going to be, and you could not be bothered to change it in future printings. You were like, we're just going to leave it. Nobody's going to know except for this one bitch, so it's fine. So, Moonstone Castle Mystery, and I can't actually, uh, again, I don't remember if this is a book, and I would say that technically the book that we just read I was thoroughly entertained by his cameo, but it was indeed a cameo. Like, he just showed up for a hot minute. He just needed a quickie and he needed to get back to camp. And I was like, What are you doing at camp? What the literal fuck are you doing at camp? Is he running a survival camp? Is he like, We're doing our zombie cosplay and I need to be back for that because it gets out of hand. Like, people start chewing on people. I do not know. I can't know. What's he doing at Emerson? Has he earned his third doctorate? What's going on there? So anyway, yeah. Keep your George Hamiltons close and your Rue McClanahans closer. And as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.